Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now entering... Nerdist.com you did i get it right almost really? you, that's that's our theme song <laughs> uh welcome back to james bonding everybody the living daylights as i speak and breathe i don't know if that's the saying it's close it is enough now. <laughs> i'm matt gorley i was not given headphones for that opening segment so i had to guess i am uh, matt myra demanded headphones and uh, joining us from the Pop My Culture podcast and from San Francisco Sketch Fest, Cole Stratton. Cole. Hey, guys. Welcome. I'm sorry about all the technical difficulties hey, no that problem. Matt Gorley caused. <laughs> Whoa. I am really sorry Hold about on. that. I have guys, to say. like, breaking computers left Whoa. and right. He comes in here and breaks the podcast. <laughs> I feel one guilty button. wearing these one headphones, button. though. No, I feel you, like I don't need these cans and they should go to Matt. I never use them. them. You, enjoy. you never use them when you're doing your podcast? Yeah, we never We don't, we don't use, use them for Super Ego, either. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I feel. I like. Headphones. I feel guilty. I mean, it's, neat. it's interesting. We, it's we neat. know you like headphones because you've got a backpack full of about. <laughs> how many do you say you have in there? Eight. I, I brought. I brought like six headphones. And these are not earbuds. These are over the ear. <laughs> Headphones. Yeah, sure. You got your tiny beats, okay? Your little little beats, little beats over here. You got some Sure Studio right. monitors, Those which I nice. use They're when nice. I'm guitar playing at home. Uh, I got my. Do you own here. any guitars? I'm not aware. I got a couple. Yeah, you should put Just some pictures of once them. Once or once or a hundred thousand of them. <laughs> to paint the picture, you rode up on your bicycle singing headphones. Got some headphones. And Gonna plug them into ninety guitars. <laughs> and then Hanna Barbera demanded I pay them a royalty for singing <laughs> the Blundstone theme song. Uh, but, yes. 
Great Gazoo delivered the subpoena, which is nice. Oh, you saw him? Yeah. I thought only I could see him. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, Cole, thank you for being here. I know that uh, you're a big fan of Living Daylights. I am. Which is a movie that I was not a big fan of. Oh, until really? I watched it. Oh. <laughs> ah, I just remember nice. not enjoying it. Oh, I like what it. what I will say. I'll say. I'll go on record uh, right, right away. So as we, as, we, as we like to do on this podcast when we have a, a guest on, we like to say, hey, where, 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 where's your first James Bond experience? When? Where? Who? Well, I definitely watched them when I was growing up as a kid because my dad really liked them. I'm pretty sure Goldfinger is the first one I saw because that tends to be like the introductory thing for people who That's everybody's... Bond. That's like the Wrath yeah. of Khan of Star Trek movies. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I made the mistake in Star Trek, though, of showing my girlfriend Star Trek IV first, which makes no sense. <laughs> oh, but that's you, a very friendly it's, Star Trek. Well, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny it's, and great, but it like plays with inside <laughs> jokes based on what you know about the crew. Yeah. And she knew nothing about them and was like, what is going on? And also, if she were to follow up with another, she'd be like, this is not what you sold me. Right. Yeah. I, I was promised whales and comedy <laughs> and San Francisco and But also, day. I mean, that's, a, that's the third one of the trilogy. That's yeah. the that's the mini trilogy of of the Star Trek that's movies. Right. Yeah. It goes Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and Voyage Home. Yeah, really great movies. Yeah, yeah, two great movies. One low price. Wait, that two great play. movies and uh, the Search for Spock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got Christopher Lloyd in there. So Goldfinger is your first one. Yeah. Do you then seek it out? Do you go, hey, look at this View to a Kill movie in theaters? I should go see this. Well, that came out in 87, mm-hmm. which I always make the argument that 1987 is one of the greatest years for movies. If you like, just look back at everything that's released that was year. Was it 87 Robocop year? Wait a minute. What do you say? View to a Kill came out in 87? No, okay. this one did. Yeah, Living, Living Daylight. Daylight. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So already yeah. it was like a great year for movies because you had yeah, like well, Broadcast well. News and Last Emperor, Three Men and Oh, in a little... you're thinking really great movies. The Untouchables. Yeah, like the Untouchables. Yeah, I believe that, that was that year. year. Three yeah. Amigos, Princess Bride. Guys, I need to find out if Robocop came out. Because if Robocop came no, out in Robo- 87. I think it's earlier than that. No, Robocop is either 87, 87 or 88. 87 or 88, yeah. What? It's a great year for movies to begin with. And I definitely saw it in the theater, Living Daylights. So I feel like it's the first one I saw in the theater. Mm. So there's really? that. 1987 yeah. Robocop. Your there you go. Sound. 87. Look at just look up 87 for movies people who are listening to this. You know and... what it was? The cocaine. <laughs> From 87? Yeah. Oh. The 1987 cut of cocaine was You were pure. a big child cocaine addict. Yeah. Weren't you? It was huge yeah. in the cocaine. Yeah. Uh, weirdly a husky kid still, <laughs> but, uh, loved the white stuff. Uh, so view to kill was 85, 85, yeah. which was uh, back to the future. Another great year. Guys, oh, the eighties were a good year. That for was my summer, man. I, I must've seen view to kill a bunch of times. I just can't give you a number. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, Special time. So view to kill comes out 85. Which is Roger Moore's last movie. He's 56 Six. years old. Right. As or James 57. Bond. He was 45 when he started in 73, so that makes him... What, what were we talking about? 86? What did you say it was? 85? 85. So, yeah. So, he's 57. 57 years old. Wow. <laughs> Didn't he, like, want to quit, like, in the late 70s, like, after Moonraker? For Your Eyes Only was originally going to be his last one, and that's why they screen-tested... James Brolin and Sam Neill for Octopussy, which if you watch those, there's mm-hmm. something to behold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure. Well, Sam Neill, I thought, would have been a very good James Bond. He's a little boring Dr. to me. Dr. Grant. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I don't, why do you find him boring? I think he's, he's great. Just, he's just you know who's boring? Who? Timothy Dalton. Oh, I, I like he's Timothy very Dalton. charming in this movie. Yeah. I, I think say. he's good. And he cares. He's, it's, this is a very interesting, and we'll get into it in a minute, but uh, so you... 
Did you go see License to Kill in the theater as well? I did. Yeah. Okay. And I then, think I saw all the ones after that. But oh. like that like kind of started with my like, oh yeah, you go to James Bond movies. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Mostly. Even Tomorrow Never Dies. You went to that I one. I went to all of them. It's the only one I've not yeah. seen in the theater since Octopussy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I made the right choice. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> it's like sorry. going to pee during a movie in a scene that doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> I feel like all of them at least have sequences that are entertaining. I always just kind of looked at it that way. Isn't like, it crazy how that one is the only one that doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with <laughs> you just, entirely. Just pushing your buttons, Cokehead. <laughs> <laughs> Cokehead. Cokehead. <laughs> Disney's Cokehead. Disney's Cokehead. <laughs> hey, guys, I got a great idea. <laughs> what if we kick the girls out of our clubhouse? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Playing a CG character of Coke Kid. Oh, Coke Kid. However, the sequel, Disney's Heroin Tykes, did not go <laughs> I'm nearly as well. I am into that. You know, it only cost $5 million to make. <laughs> yeah. It made $7 million overseas. It's great overseas. <laughs> uh, so, did you see this in the theater? I did not see it <gasps> in the theater. I saw License to Kill in the theater. Oh. Here's what you have to remember about Lil Mam Ira. Yeah. In 1987, I was four. I see. And yeah. you were fighting in the Nicaraguan Civil no, War? No, I was way into Coke. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's why I asked. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. This was at the height of my Bond fervor when Timothy Dalton was announced. They did all these, like, you know, as they do press stuff, and there were all these magazine articles. And I still have these, like, newspaper clippings and magazine things from Premier Magazine that I found the other day. And I went to see this thing, and I was so big into James Bond at this point. This movie... I don't. I didn't remember it fondly. When's the last time you'd seen it before this? DV, the first DVD release. Seriously? Yeah. What about you, Cole? Uh, I've I've seen it quite a few times. I just rewatched it before yeah. this, just to like get, mm-hmm. kind of put yeah, it fresh in my brain. Today. But I watched it a couple of years ago again too, and I think I've seen it every couple of years since then. I enjoy it. This is one of those ones that I saw for the 4K restorations, uh-huh. and so and then I saw it another time recently. So it's real fresh in my mind. I got to tell you, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. It's good. and I mean, we'll get to the end. That's yeah. my only issue with this movie. Which ending? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, which ending and which bad guy? <laughs> There's yeah, so much it does happening. do that a lot once it gets to the desert. And I'm kind of like, eh. Um, all right. So this is Timothy Dalton's first, uh, first out run as uh, James Bond, first of, of two. We're seeing 50% of his body of work as James Bond <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, a promising start out the gate. Great opening sequence. Yeah, love it. Love it. They go to the island. You're, Gibraltar. Rock of Gibraltar. Already, yeah. they're doing the thing that James Bond does great, which yeah. is you're in M's office. You're thinking, oh, we're in M's office. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's at the back of a plane. That's Coke Kid again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the opening sequence combines everyone's love of training sequences and paintball. You know, yeah. I do. I love, I love seeing a training sequence now on the other side of it. You know what I mean? Because we saw the training sequence in From Russia with Love of how the Russians oh, right. train. Oh, yeah. Right. How, how the other Which half is trains. with real bullets. Right. <laughs> and then we see how the Brits train with pink paintballs. Out on that. You're dead. <laughs> and they're not even so much paint. They're like powder. It was, yeah, it was a strange thing. Uh, yeah, so the M, for some reason, is very proud that. The double O section has been chosen to train. Right. And by the way, two of those double O's are for shit. Yeah, they're not I mean, very good. The first guy is just a buffoon. Gets stuck in the trees. Yeah. The first guy does get stuck in a tree. And he's hired for his comedic face, too. His reactions are very Monty Python of, well, he might as well be wiping pie from his eyes, you know? Double O four. Okay. Is the one that gets killed by having the rope cut while he's yeah. climbing. 
Right. I feel like he spends too much time requesting that he doesn't have the rope cut instead of grabbing <laughs> grab onto the, the clearly grabbable rock. <laughs> there is that. That's very true. <laughs> it's like, no, please, no. He could have done this. When at what point does MI6 train you not to appeal to the spy's better nature, yeah. like to right. actually protect yourself? Yeah. Yeah. If there is a moment of like, oh, come on, old man, no, yeah. oh, come on, no, oh. and then that's yeah. not sporting. And then he sends down the uh, the toe tag, which says, uh, what does it say? Smirtspionum. Yep. That's from the novels. That's from uh, Casino Royale, I think. And this is the last one to be actually based on a Fleming short story. That's right. right. And if you want a good entry-level Fleming thing, read the short story. It's basically the sniper segment at the beginning of this movie. That's kind of straight from the Living Daylight short story. It's a goodie. God, that Get line, in there. Too. Get in there. Which line? Wants to scare the Living Daylight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. I only yeah. kill professionals. Yeah, <laughs> which is not true. No. I've seen him kill many an amateur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So okay. that was just Timothy Dalton speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so James Bond is is on this training mission, and he uh, you know watches a couple double O's bite the dust. Then of course he has a crazy scene where the car should have crashed thirty thousand yeah. times, oh, a million times. Yeah. Like there's no there's no way that stays on the narrows of Gibraltar. Ah, but it's fun to watch. The narrows plus the windshield is completely covered with paint. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, from the time that guy tried to stop that truck with the paintball. And, of course, the truck is full of explosives like they well, often are on military bases. Well, it says clearly written on the back, explosive. <laughs> right. I was surprised to see speed ramping in this still, that they were undercranking the camera at times. I feel like that's such a 60s Connery era Bond thing, but they're still creeping in. There's times when he was on top of the thing and it would be in fast yeah. motion. Right. Also, this tiny island of Gibraltar seems like it has a lovely tourist attraction. Yeah. Like, there's like a group just sitting there eating, a lot of people getting out of the way. I so, have heard that if you go there, that the monkeys are really, really a problem. They will oh, harass you and beat you. Oh, and, I did. I, yeah. I, was, I was watching that thinking, uh, oh, we get it. I wonder <laughs> if those were like happy accidents. Like, monkeys in the shot again. <laughs> just, just go just with go it. Go with it. Probably. So the... <clears throat> then he, he he sends the explosive jeep off of the uh, off the side of the rock. Side of the rock once again. Cliff again. is that the word you're yeah. looking for? Okay. I don't know. I, I was going to call it a mountain, but it's not uh. really a mountain. And anyway, don't worry about it. The okay. point is, James Bond escapes only to land uh, on a yacht with a beautiful lady. Who are you? <laughs> Who is? Uh, how do we say this about her? She's uh, she's bored with all the men. Yeah, yeah. It's just tennis pros. Yeah, tennis pros. She's bored with the I good want to life. I meal man. But then, Margo. Okay, so here's what happens. She she's chatting with Margo. He's she's chatting with, chatting, <laughs> chatting up Margo. Uh, hang on, I gotta go back a little bit further here. Make this resize this. So chatting with Margo. James Bond has just witnessed uh, a plot where two double O agents have been murdered. <laughs> right. <laughs> so his instinct. Listen to the, I don't, you can't even say, alert, like, there's no urgency in his voice whatsoever when he finally lands on the, uh, now I'm going to play this here, and, uh, oh, and I won't be able to hear it, because I wasn't given headphones, I see, huh? Oh, <coughs> here we go. Well, these are just too warm. the end out of the there. Guys, a lot of technical issues happening on this James Bond podcast. You should see what the table looks like. <laughs> you really don't. But playboys and tennis pros. If only I could find a real man. So we need a real man, of course. James Bond shows up. Let's down. I need to use your phone. 
Should call you back. <laughs> it's huge. Who are you? Here he goes. Oh, here's, here, he's, here, here James Bond is calling in the fact that two 00 agents have been killed in a training exercise by some evil man with some crazy plot. Bond. Exercise control 007 here. I'll report in an hour. Won't you join me? Better make that two. <laughs> make that two. Look, they're they're dead. They're not coming back. You're That's right. True. You're right. He's got to get to some humping. I do he love took care that of James Bond is like, it's going to take me an hour to fuck this girl. Right. And, uh, and an no, it's going to gonna take two hours. No. He, I think he's saying it'll take him an hour to get there. I think he's giving himself an hour oh, right. of yeah. sexy time. You're right. Okay. Uh, then it, we jump into the uh, credit sequence featuring uh, uh, Band of the Moment. Band of the last moment. It wasn't even of this time. I mean, their big hit, Take On Me, was in the early mid '80s. Yeah. So I remember when this, when they announced this band, even thinking like that, that doesn't seem like good. Well, this, <laughs> but I like this song. Is this song is also on one of their albums? Their version oh, is on their without like, second the very... album, Stay on These Roads. It doesn't have the strings really. It's yeah. just got like keyboards or whatever. And Morton Harkett, like the lead singer, yeah. Vaha said that like. Well, you know, I, we, I like our version better, the one that's on our album. But, you know, John Barry did some great things, like made it more Bond. It's like, you idiots. Like, Yeah, they didn't, notoriously didn't get along. Yeah. It's, John Barry and How do you Aha. not get along with John Barry? He seems lovely. Doesn't he? he really? <laughs> not at all like a cranky. <laughs> yeah. Man. This is his last film. We should oh, celebrate him right celebrate now. celebrate. Last Bond film. Barry. Yeah. Um, but before uh, we get to that, though, yeah. the, Dalton's delivery of Bond, James Bond, the iconic line... If I remember correctly, he I read somewhere where he was like, I'm going to underplay it. But he underplays it so much so that it feels tosses it off. noticeable. Well, it's actually right here. It's almost... Yeah. Uh, Bond James. Guys, don't worry. I'm just going to scoot this over. He does it right when he lands on the plane. He says, She says, who are you? It's so tossed away. It's almost... It's really tossed away. It's almost it's weird. weird. I need to use your phone. She'll call you back. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Bond. a little James too Bond. like James the Bond. lady. Well, he's in the middle of like enough. handling this phone that probably has those. Remember those battery packs that looked like it was just three yeah, yeah. AA batteries on a cellular coming out? Yeah. And other, she's been yapping with Margot for an hour. <laughs> but it's oh, the only time yeah. when I don't really believe his performance because I think he's a really good actor. And look at him; he looks good. He does look good. His hair yeah. is not quite as thin as it is in License to Kill. He just looks good. He looks like a, a Bond to me. He's... And yet this one was almost Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, that's right. Because oh they that's had right. like signed him to it, and then Remington Steel folks heard of that and then ordered more episodes of that, and then the Bond and camp was like, And they did it no. on the last day. The yeah. last possible day. Yeah. Oh. So that screwed him out of that deal. I wonder how I would have felt about I wonder him how, uh, if yeah. I got him a little earlier. You would have had some newspaper clippings. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, good question. I wonder. Of Could course have you a, would have. Well, yeah, I would have. Of course you would have. <laughs> you would look back on it much more fondly than you do now. What do you guys think of this Aha song, though? Don't like it. No? Uh, I, I love it. I like it. Guys. I, I love the Barry version for sure because those. Bop, 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 bop. Bum, bum. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's great. Yeah, it's, I think, I think it's like, the very touches that make the song. The song is catchy enough, but right. that's what makes it really feel like a Bond song, and it's great. And that horn blast is straight out of Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, it's the same kind of... Oh, it's so good. So the, but this is his most synthy score. Well, I oh, think for he's sure. just trying to go with the times. Yeah, sure. There's lots of like little beats drop behind yeah, it yeah. and stuff. 
Yeah, let's hear let's hear a little bit of this yeah. song, shall we? Yeah. I love how she floats away. Like this is like I feel like this is Maurice Bender going like this guy I don't know anymore. I feel like he's like we have the Y for ninety minutes. Just like as many shots as we can in the pool. Uh, Cubby said he takes care of the door. I don't know anymore. Just uh, just get in here and get out quick. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's very... It's not my favorite title sequence. Was AHA bigger in Europe at the time? And that's why I think they had quite a... They had a yeah. string of hits in the UK. More life there. But this, you know... Also, you know what I don't like in these? And in, in, in particularly this title sequence? is the fact that you can so... I don't want to so clearly see these women's faces. Yeah, these are very clear. I, I prefer the silhouettiness of it all. Yeah. I mean, I like when the title first pops up. And it's got the extreme close up of the woman's face yeah. and like the old like yeah. school lettering in front. I like that, but yeah. So we jump in uh, to uh, where is this in Russia? Bratislava. Oh yeah, Bratislava. One of the Slovies. <laughs> uh, where James is uh, meeting uh, the guy who wins the British off in this movie, <laughs> yeah. Saunders. Saunders. Yeah. Uh, is Saunders a double O? No. Because isn't that why he's just so by the book and stuffy? And he's like a he's like a Article Twenty Five. He's kind of a bureaucrat or something. He's a then, tool. Yeah, <laughs> he's a total tool. Yeah, I'm gonna just play this with no sound for a little bit while it catches up to us. Uh, so okay, so James is supposed to assassinate. There, there's a defector, a German, a uh, German, not German, a Russian defector from the Russian military KGB. He's going to defect over to the other side, and everyone's excited about it. The guy requests James Bond as his protection. He's, there's going to be a sniper, and we see that the sniper is a pretty hot cello player mm-hmm. named Miriam Diabo. <laughs> he was the first cousin of Olivia Diabo. Who was? The sister on Wonder Years. Yes. Look at how the three of us did that just now. <laughs> Teamwork. Round robin stream of consciousness. She also, in the episode True Q of season six of Star Trek The Next Generation, she played. <laughs> Wake up, Matt. I'm oh, sorry. I started talking about Star Trek again. Let me see that cocaine was. <laughs> Uh, Do you remember how they made such a big deal that between Roger Moore and this because of the rise of AIDS and everything that Bond was going to be monogamous in this? Although you can argue he gets down with Margot's friend there on the right. boat. But Once he meets Miriam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was a big deal. In that fact, was a very... I thought well, even watching that, it sticks out. Yeah. It sticks out as like a... He's he's doing a weird angle right here. What this this whole movie, it looks like James Bond is in the friend zone and he knows it. Oh. And he is secretly in love with his best friend, the cello player. <laughs> he kind of plays it cool and Yeah, and like the whole like Yeah, that, that, that is interesting. I thought it was weird when he hands her a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene when he when he talks to Moneypenny and I just caught this today for the first time where he swats her on the ass, but they don't show it. Yeah. You just hear it. Yeah. And yeah. I never caught that before. And it's their way to keep it less sexist, but still horribly sexist. <laughs> like, just, I'm just going to play a scene for, for, for Matt and Cole. And if you guys at home are following along at all, they, uh, you don't even need, you don't even need sound for this, really. Just, I just watch, watch James Bond, watch Timothy Dalton's performance in this scene. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I'm reading into this. All right. I'm, he wants to nail her so bad, but she's into the general. 
And he's trying oh, to be I, the I best know, friend right. who's yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's kind of a drag, right? And Your boyfriend's like, look not at this. good to you. Look at this right here. This is totally like guy in the friend zone pointing at things. like <laughs> Just like, let's get in a carriage. It'll be so much fun. We're friends. And she gets all excited, then he, he lights flutters, up he in flutters. a way you never She's see. She's like, I can't wait to suck that Russian general's dick. Is that I think right? that's what she's saying. That Pretty seems, much. I think that's what she's saying. <laughs> see? This, yeah. this is whole, his whole performance is informed by this, I think. He's going to show up with those handwritten white cards like the guy in Love Actual yeah. and try to... Yeah. Yeah. To right. me, yeah. you're perfect. Uh-huh. And then he's going to walk away. Andrew Lincoln. Is that guy? That's right. That's yeah. Right. So Who's we're in the Walking Dead, everybody. Uh, so that's my thought on that. And I think if you watch the movie with that sort of take on it, you'll have a lot of fun. Not yeah. only does he slow play the entire relationship with her, like she doesn't die. Like that's you know often the Bond girls. That's right. There's d- no second level. There is no girl that dies in this movie. Yeah. We don't know what happens to the girl on the boat. <laughs> he probably takes a puffer fish and puts it down her throat. So, so let's just hear a little bit of the our, our most British man uh, in this movie. I Saunders. love this guy, and I love how their relationship. And I love that they get scolded by a couple in the box next door. <laughs> Saunders, head of Section V, Vienna. You're bloody late. This is a mission, not a fancy dress ball. We have time. It's in their contracts. They can't wear tuxedos in, in any box other between the KGB minders. In whenever you play James Bond, what? It's in your contract. You can do other movies, but you cannot wear a tuxedo in another movie. Seriously? Yes. That's why Pierce Brosnan never did Tuxedo Junction. I know. Everyone's uh. like Tuxedo Junction is going to be huge. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> so that's if you notice. Even so, think about like watching like the Thomas Crown Affair. He never has a tuxedo on because he can't. That's crazy. Even though they're at some black tie formals, though. So Jackie Chan will never play James Bond. That's right, because he wore a tuxedo in the movie. The tuxedo. Rumble in the Bronx. (laughs) (laughs) And a penguin will never be cast as James Bond. Uh, So, okay, so they set it up. Bond gets a giant Walther oh, I love that sniper rifle. It's got some silver rods on it that can't be used for anything. It's <laughs> yeah. just I think it's absolutely. Also I like that he puts oh. he puts on his competition glove. Yeah. yeah, it's like those archery sets from the Olympics in the 1980s. Uh, so her name in the movie, I forget her name already. Kara Malovi. <laughs> Correct. Grozniyevazas. <laughs> Possible. Uh, this guy, I, where is this guy from? Jero and Krabe? He's great. He's amazing. I've seen him all over the place, and I really enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah, he had one other big film. He's not in He Out was of in Africa. The Fugitive. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, Fugitive, yeah. I love that he flushes the toilet and then goes straight out the window. Like, after, like, walk right when he walked in it. Like, because that's what <laughs> yeah. everybody does. Maybe he's spit. Maybe <laughs> that's what's happening. He's doing that thing where he's... he's playing it so big but just small enough to be still be believable like he's as far as you can go in a james bond movie i think and he does it well yeah so she (laughs) so her plan she's supposed to be doing what exactly she's supposed to oh she is being told by him to shoot at him but she knows she has blanks yeah so she's even bothering to aim which i enjoy but at this point for the viewer we don't know what's happening you think that She's trying to assassinate him because he's trying to defect, and he's been, she's been sent by the KGB or whatever. Um, How come this guy's not already at the door? I know, right? He's getting his running down and getting his keys as <laughs> Yorgi is knocking. I, I okay. So 
James then takes over this whole thing of getting him across into uh, into where are they going? They're going to Austria, right? No, uh, West Germany, probably. By the way, guys, you should count how many times that boobs are used as a diversion in this movie because it's a lot. Well, there's the big. It's at least twice. <laughs> there's a scene right in the pipeline. When they try to ship oh, him yeah, through the yeah, pipes, yeah. and yeah. so the lady goes to distract yeah. her I boss. Like I saw this movie when I was very young. I feel like this then informed my sexual desire for the rest of my life. You're into big Russian women, yeah? Apparently, <laughs> oh, nice. I, you know, I like a, I like a, I like a chesty woman who can run a pipeline. Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> God, if I had a dime. <laughs> and all the guys that her boss or whatever that she she literally just buries his head in her boobs, yeah. and all he go, does is go like, Ugh, <laughs> but as a time. kid, you don't question. You're like, that's sex where you just do this in a right. woman's boobs and that's, motorboat. That's, that's, that's what it is. Enough. Yeah. yeah, sure. Uh, so there's some real, you know, spy stuff happening here. They crouched under a window, yeah, uh-huh. to get by the sure supervisor. Yeah. Uh, they end up in, uh, I do like this exchange here. He's very, this is, I think this is exactly what you're talking about him, like playing it to the edge of it being too comical, but like just pulling it back. Especially designed to carry a man. Pipeline? You mean our pipeline? Great Soviet achievement. Piping natural gas into Western Europe. Because you know he's also acting as a character. That's the other Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a layered performance. Never mind cake. If you open valve before 100, he will be pushed. Fake's boss cake. There must be another way. I think he's scared. Put on the mask. And breathe normally. Now talk. Relax your Also, you'll notice there's a shot with his pipes outside and it's got like a 45 degree turn. Yes, I did notice that. Never happened. I also love that who knows how long this little pipeline trip trip really lasts. Yeah. But the second they land, they like yank him up and like throw him up the stairs. And he's just able to go. I think I would be like, can I have a second to steady myself? What are you doing? So here she goes. She's going to go distract. Oh, this is amazing. She's sexy, though. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that, look at that, look at that onesie. The old hair up, hair down trick. What's the signal for I'm ready to mate? I do like when she says, What kind of a girl do you think I am? Yeah, that's nice. Good touch. I love she doesn't even taper off, she just ends it abruptly. Uh, so we see Desmond Llewellyn pop up in his uh, was the 16th movie, I think. Yeah. Good lord. Put him in a jet. They get him on a Harrier. They get him out of there. And that was a big deal at the time too. In the 80s, Harriers were big. Harriers, I, th- I think, are still fucking awesome. Yeah, they, they sure can are. take off vertically. They're a jet that can just. Take it doesn't need a runway. Is this the first movie that kind of uses one? Bonds are always good at that sort of thing. Yeah. Almost too good sometimes. Like they were the first to ever have a, an inflatable avalanche proof parka, right? And then those are everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, everyone has. Yeah. Them. And also because this is like late eighties and not quite nineties, two thousand bonds yet, like the inventions are still like slightly probable. It's yeah. not like not invisible cars right. you know, yet. So like they literally had to take a Harrier jet to yeah. get out of there, you know. This That's movie gets good with the those. gadgets, I think, are yeah, the really milk grenades. Pretty nice. I milk love the milk. Grenades are cool. The uh, the um, the 
The whistling, the Phillips. This was a new device at the time. That was hugely topical. <laughs> this was a things. Phillips. This is a key, a keychain they used to sell, and I, they probably still sell versions of it at like Brookstone, but it's probably on now Bluetooth with your phone or something. But it was something for finding your keys, yeah. which was a big was problem in the huge, 80s because yeah. we loved Coke. Oh, so sometimes right. it'd be in a pile yeah. of Coke. And your you keys would, do, would often be in a pile of Coke. Yeah, because they right. were used yeah. for cocaine. Uh-huh. And everybody yeah. would just come in the door and just throw their keys. Yeah, into yeah. the pile of cocaine. Right. Uh, but you would whistle, and your, a certain whistle, and then your keys would then beep at you. Yeah. So this takes a gadget. And turns it into a gadget. Oh my god! Which is what I I like when they do that. Yeah, I don't. I I I'm more into that. I'm more into like I would be more into like a uh, like a Sono speaker system that also did something. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like a gadget that does something else, not like explosive toothpaste. Right. You know what I mean? It's this gadget on gadget violence. I love gadget on gadget violence. So let's. Uh, so we see the uh, Universal exports outside. Uh, I guess they're in wherever they are. Eastern Europe. This is also where he enjoys no. a cigarette they're for not, quite a while. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long cigarette. Right. Yeah. yeah, so... Here's the new money, Penny. Yeah, I got a thing for her. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. She's got a thing for Barry Manilow. I know, that's a strange choice. They're trying to make her so square. You know, we could try freelancers stationed outside the Soviet bloc. It'll have to wait. I think he, I think Desmond Llewellyn actually memorized that line because he looked like he wasn't reading, yeah. which is a rare, <laughs> rare treat for Desmond. Or they Llewellyn. just let him improvise. Yeah. Uh, so the okay, so we're back at Q Branch. Bond has uh, sent the guy. The guy's gone in the Harrier jet. We have now. Uh, Bond wants to know more about this cellist assassin. And also in this in little invention exchange, we get the like little dig at America with the ghetto blaster. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Invention. And also, the music that plays out of the it's ghetto pretty. blaster is, is the most 80s music that you will ever hear. Uh, I can't believe it's not another rendition of that Pretender song. <laughs> I know. It's all the Hitman will listen to. Necros. <laughs> <laughs> Eighties music sounded like everyone. And by the way, this this gadget appears in Beverly Hills Cop. In what? Beverly Hills Cop Three. We're making for the Americans. When he has the boombox that yeah. also has the rocket launcher right. on it and the machine gun and well, the microwave. music, you're basically saying no one will notice if you walk around blasting Joe Satriani. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot a missile at somebody. I had you a Joe Satriani. new album? I had a Satriani album. <laughs> Did you? In high school, yeah. So surfing with the blue. Yeah, I had the surfing with the alien yeah. one. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Um, this plot is kind of reminds me of From Russia with Love in that it's just kind of unfolds over time. It's pretty generally really realistic. It's not too crazy. I like There's a, it gets a little confusing towards the end, but there's, yes, that there's one too many layers to this. Yeah. Joe Don right. Baker. Yeah. Don't need him. Who in the opening title sequence had to have it say Joe Don Baker as Whitaker? It's the only one that says that. Yeah. Why well, Joe that? Don Baker was in the zone at this point in his career. Is it because he got an and credit? That's usually what they It's do not with. even an and. It's oh, like the really? third credit. It's like it's it's Bond. It's a Timothy Dalton, Marion Diabo. And then it says Joe Don Baker as Whitaker. Then like Art Malik and... Wow. And probably per, per, like preparing everyone for when he was Wade in Tomorrow Never Dies and Goldeneye. 
He's also supposed to be completely humorless because there's that movie Mitchell that he's in that yeah. Mr. Science Theater 3000 did. Yeah, and like, they always say that like he hates it. Like, he thinks that they're jerks for making fun of it and this whole thing. Like, really? He's really mad about it. Yeah. I'm not the hugest Joe Dunn Baker fan. You don't like the JDB? I don't love him because he kind of, his presence in the Bond films has never been, that's never helped the films in my eyes. Uh, so let's watch. He goes and pulls up to M's estate. Which has gotten bigger since uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. No, it's not M's estate. Oh, it's it is. It's the it's called the Bladen House. It's their like MI six safe house. They briefly mentioned that. Oh, look at that Aston Martin though. Oh, it's a good looking one. It is a good looking. All right, now this guy who plays Necros, I like this guy a lot. I think he's the next best to Red Grant in the long line of blonde haired henchmen. So that rake, that rake just detects <laughs> milk, milk. <laughs> It's a milk-detecting rake. But <laughs> that's a gadget that does something, guys. It's a rake that is also a milk detector. Uh, so in the safe house, no one can have guns. Something I loved in this movie was watching the other MI6 guy beat up the henchman for so long. Yeah, he does yeah. pretty good for himself. Yeah. Like, that is a lengthy fight. Do with- you notice, too, that Necros pulls up to the gate in the little milk wagon? Yeah. And then he's like, who are you? The other guy had the flu. All right, let me frisk you. But don't even bother to look in the milk wagon. Like, he could have a thermonuclear device in right. that thing. I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't even look in the... Uh, they didn't even bother. They were like, meh. As long as you're not carrying a gun. And I like that his first thing to attack with is headphones. Headphone cord. <laughs> Playing the pretend. By the way, I lethal. thought... Always. I thought that the, that the parrot was going to come back into play. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, like the parrot was going to say... Or do a double Something take. Something that someone... Well, John Glenn... But this that, guy's great. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, this is a good fight. Like, you're like, oh, this guy's going to get killed immediately. Yeah. But no. Boom! Oh, let me show you a little continuity thing here, too. Watch when he throws the big pot of water. Right? Oh, first, he's got to try to carve him with the paper <laughs> Again, very, very 80s device. Yeah, the electric. yeah, the second you see somebody yeah. using it, you're like, well, that's going to come into play. Yeah. Oh, and then he grills his face. Yeah, but he keeps fighting. Yeah, this guy's good. This guy was originally going to be Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the Never Say Never fight in the clinic. So watch. And he throws the pan. Okay. Oh, it lands in the counter. Yeah. And gone. Whoa. Whoa. It's one of those special pans. Guys, you just all heard a visual continuity error. There you go. <laughs> that that <laughs> pot just got Kaiser Sosaid. Podcast first. Visual pot. continuity error. I, too, thought the parrot was going to come back because one of John Glenn's things is, like, there's always birds in his oh, movies. Yeah, there sure are. Like, the pigeon double the, yeah, take. There's, there's pigeons a... in four of the five movies he did where they, like, freaks Bond out. Yep. And then, again, in this one, the bird, the, there's doves on the on uh, at Jodan Baker's house. Yep. Oh, right. Jordan Baker's character in this movie uh, might be a bit of a buffoon. <laughs> Just the name, Brad Whitaker. Whitaker. I don't know. There's something. Something doesn't work. I shouldn't say I don't like the man. I just his roles in the movie are not so engaging. If anything, this is definitely one of the most like Americans are stupid movies. Because yeah. even Felix Leiter, like that's John Terry in this. He's yeah. like he like played Christian Shepherd on Lost, Jack's dad. That's right. But they make him like a total playboyish kind of like doofy dude in this yeah. one i'm like it's jeffy right now very different i know it might like, as well be the, jack tripper though, right about that like what and then they bring back what's his face to play felix in the next movie oh uh yeah 
David Edison. Yeah, David Edison plays Felix Leiter in two movies. He plays him in Live and Let in the yeah, yeah Live and Let Die and License to Kill. Yeah, which are twenty five years apart, something like that. Yeah, right? twenty five, twenty seven, twenty six. Yeah, years apart. No, Some, sixteen years apart. Oh, you're right. My math, but is still, way off. Well, years apart. there's been a few lighters. But in there's between. also been a James Bond between the two. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Roger yeah. Moore had gone, and then Timothy Dalton's here. So now yeah. you're bringing in this back, this Felix Slater, instead of just bringing the guy back from the previous movie. What I had forgotten watching right, watching right. License to Kill <laughs> was that you established Felix Slater in this movie in Timothy Dalton's James Bond's world. And for what reason do you I bring back the they, other? They thought that that would tie you to the character more because it had more familiarity. But you think the more recent one would have would. the guess, most yeah, familiarity? That makes sense. But the part's so small. The Felix doesn't do much in this movie. He's got like no. two scenes. He yeah, do a ton. But I feel like they always feel like they can replace that character because the first thing Bond always does is go, "Oh, Felix!" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My old chum. There's always that. So. <laughs> Oh, that's who that is now. Okay. Felix, you old dog. Felix Leiter, you old exposition. <laughs> the only American that I like. By the way, when I was watching this earlier, so there's this guy. So, okay. So James Bond, they track down the cellist. She's uh, at the conservatory in, I'll just say Brussels. It's not Brussels, but I'm just going for it. Uh, so she, he tracks her down there, finds out her address, gets on the bus with her. She gets taken off the bus by John Reese davies uh, Salah. Uh, Bad dates. Yeah. They're digging in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. I am the monarch of the sea. <laughs> so, Jerry Davis takes her off the thing. He grabs her cello and then goes to the bathroom to open the cello case. Which looks like some kind of Johnny Five droid or yeah. something. <laughs> so, but there's this guy that's sweeping in the bathroom that makes eyes at Bond. And, like, is real, real overly suspicious of a man with a cello. Right. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I see a guy with a cello, I assume it's just a guy with, with a, a cello. cello. Right. Well, that's where you're wrong. So he gets real suspicious. So much so that this sweeping guy, he checks the, he sees the gun. And then, like, the next scene is outside of her apartment. And there's another guy sweeping. And... In my brain, I'm like, is this a network of sweeper spies? <laughs> sweeper cell. Sweeper cell. Uh, so he sees that there are blanks in the bullet. He, this is all. This is James Bond very much being James Bond, the yeah, detective. I like it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. <laughs> there he is. Oh, I've never noticed. Uh, there's a lot of Bond disobeying orders in this particular film. Yeah, Bond does. Bond rarely obeys orders. True. I've never really seen him go, oh, this is my mission. Okay, I'm going to go do it. Roger Moore, he was the most toe-the-line Bond, I yeah. think. Company man. respected authority. Yeah, sure, he's a company right. man. Because he could compete <laughs> a lot of times for the British off. He was also in, <laughs> yeah. the, he was oh. in the match. Yeah. He never won, <laughs> but he was in master, the match. Grand master. Uh, so we go to here. James Bond finds the girl, uh, tells her that he's a friend of the the general and was asked to come get her uh playing sort of up that i'm a hey i'm a friend of the friend which again friend zone he's trying to get out of the friend zone (laughs) starting now yeah he wants it bad yeah guys he doesn't care yeah it's 1987 he'll have unprotected sex with her he doesn't care as long as it's monogamous as long as it's monogamous unprotected sex so we see the winterized aston martin which is uh, one of Matt Gorley's favorite cars. 
I like the older Aston Martins, but not as much. Like I like this one and the Honor Majesty Secret Service one the best. This one's so pretty sweet. They yeah. tune the radio. They get some sweet KGB frequencies. He's had enough of her already. Uh, but this one, so they're winterizing it, which means apparently skis. So they have an outrigger component yeah. to this for some reason. They but, have, but it's not like it. I don't fully understand that because it doesn't lift it off the ground. No. Also, what I really the thing I first of all. This situation. Ah, the laser. Yeah, this is where the movie gets a little comical, because the hole in the ice, <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the hole in the ice. So the, the Aston Martin loses a tire, okay? And then it's just rim on ice. So then he uses the Aston Martin to cut a circle, just like... Tweety Bird would cut underneath Sylvester. Right. A perfect cartoon <laughs> circle that will then just fall. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm done. And then look at how thick the it's ice so is. Thick. There's I no know. way. The ice is a foot thick. Well, it would have to be to hold all those cars and yeah, tanks and sure, stuff driving sure, on it, yeah. yet one rim will cut the entire <laughs> so hole. So he cuts it. That, you know, they've had quite a come up in. So, we're going to get out. Outrigger. Let's see. Oh, it does lift it. No, it just lifts. It lifts it enough that the that rim is off the ground. And by the way, it's like this whole time he's trying to play her like a fool by being like, "Oh, I just added some customizable elements." Because uh, <laughs> it's still... not till it's not till way later that he reveals her who he is and yeah, that whole thing. That's right. So, like, yeah, good point. Like, <laughs> where well, he's just how a does dude. She justify that. Who bought a great car that has rockets and an outrigger he shot and a rocket lasers? At a semi truck, and she doesn't. Blanche. Okay, so here's the introduction of Whitaker. Oh, oh Lord. This is also they've already done this. A lot of money for one of these Joe Don Baker statues that look like ah. great military leaders. And yep. nothing like him. So right now John Reese Davis is looking down the hallway. You're just seeing Caesar, Genghis Khan, Hitler, Napoleon, Caesar again. Not even close to seeming like it's not a real person. Right? <laughs> and, of course, he's got the military uniform with his cap tucked underneath the little... Oh, yeah. I love the, the top of his, yeah. Yeah. I always had a little problem buying John Rhys-Davies as a Russian because I was so used to him as Sala. Yeah. For some reason. Well, he's so British. I didn't even know he was British, though. He can. That's the Brits are good at accents, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. for American accents. Hmm. So they almost always go southern with it. Someone, please let David Tennant know he should just <laughs> use his regular voice. <laughs> in what? He's in. Uh, he's in the American remake of his show Broadchurch as the same character that but, just but, happens oh, to be American interesting. now. Wow. Hmm. Nice. That show still on? No, it's on Fox. It's on Fox, guys. I think you should all watch it. But they do their real thing, like yeah, America really hit our really ours. Wait, is that the is that Grace Point? Is that the remake? Yes. All right, Grace Point. You want to have some tea and maybe go over to Big Ben or something? (laughs) If you're around Jordan Morris, have him do his version of of a British guy talking American. He just does a really great Liam Neeson. All like because Liam Neeson never has an accent that's remotely no. close to what he wants it's to like say. Con- right. <laughs> uh yeah so i just like i really do like the setup here 
So we see this is Jordan Baker, the arms dealer. In his crazy war room. Yeah, he's a psychopath. I do think it's pretty cool, though. He replays battles for fun, but then plays them like he would do them. Yeah. So he's got like a Waterloo little set and stuff. But the crazy thing is I don't doubt that there are people exactly like this. Oh, I'm sure. Matt Myra. I'm not like this. I don't recreate battles. Oh, and a portrait of himself in the background. <laughs> yeah. A portrait of himself that has a blue sash on it. He's just commissioned. Uh, so they fall in love a little bit. And this is where we find that, that the general has double-crossed the Brits and the Russians and is just hanging out poolside at Joe Don Baker's house. <laughs> And they actually use Joe Don Baker's house for the location. <laughs> yep. I'd like to. And Necro's the hitchman. Hentman is just wearing a little Speedo. Look at that, though. Man, he's, he's a real specimen, that guy. He is. He's a gorgeous man. Just cut. Is he Carl's brother in Die Hard? He the, is. He's the one like that gets Tony or whatever. First yeah. one killed, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. The 80s. Huh? <laughs> just like everybody was doing everything. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, okay, let's see, $5 if you can boil down all of the plot, go. In the house, jeez. Not, I mean, not, okay. I'm not saying boil down the Fake plot. Fake defection. Boil, t- boil down the villainous, boil down, what is the villain doing in this movie? Ultimately, it's all about also, an arms deal. Hold right? on It's a an second. arms deal. It's an Hang opium and arms deal exchange. Yeah. Is Who is the villain is. in this movie? Exactly. There's three. <laughs> Three. Well, I mean, there's Whitaker. Yeah. You argue that he's a villain. Yeah. Uh, there's Koskov. Yeah. And then there's Necros. Yeah. Necros, I'd say, is a henchman. He's a henchman. Yeah. But but you're right. The the it's and not for, clear for and the audience is led to believe that John Reese Davies is. They're a bad led guy. to believe that right. Pushkin is a bad guy, but he's not. I mean, he's still KGB, but he's honorable in his position. Yeah. There. That's and the I whole have, thing. I have nothing to back this up, but when General Koskov is in the jeep in Afghanistan, and he gets hit by the plane, and then it blows up. It's a huge explosion. He should the be next dead. shot is him showing him get up from the seat. And I think maybe they killed him, and then somehow... Didn't test well? Yeah, because like, even the next scene where he comes back in the, and Bond handles Whitaker at his mansion, they bring Georgi in and just at say, the very like, end we'll of take it. him home in a diplomatic bag. It's it, it's a strange moment to bring him in just to say you're going to kill him okay. when you could kill him right there. Right. Well, the matter. whole thing when he kills him, well, when he should have died on the airfield, yeah. like, one, he had plenty of time to, like, I don't know, turn the wheel of the Jeep in any direction <laughs> to get away from the plane. There's no, like, well, Necros has already hopped out. other than straight? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like yeah. Necros has already hopped on the plane. He's yeah. got no purpose. Like, what is he going to do with the Jeep right, now? He right, should just right. peel out, and he's done. He's done his yeah, job. He yeah. doesn't. The plane crashes into it. It goes up in a big thing, and you think, oh, for sure he's dead. Then it cuts away and it shows him like I roll out and he's just got a little burn mark on his head. That's, so that feels to me very post. Like maybe he that's where he died, but it wasn't enough of a death for him because right. he yeah. really screwed with Bond. Yeah. So that's let's the problem tag with it on film, later. Is it so strong and then at the end it all kind of peters out yeah, weird way. Really well, that's the interesting thing too. So like let's go back to this. Explain the villainous plot of this movie. Oh my god. Well, they they. It's almost diehard in a way where they're saying it's really political intrigue, but actually it's about money and an arms deal, right? Yeah. So it seems like it's they're using MI6 to defect Georgi to get him but free. But then there's opium and diamonds that are used in the arms deal. And a baboon heart. A baboon heart, yes, of course. Which is uh, going to Christian look, Slater uh, for the movie on Tamed Heart. He's this. part of this. <laughs> I can't defend this. Well, I just, this, that's the thing I'm trying to, like, that's the, it's so weird. 
it's too complicated and it doesn't resolve in a way that's like but you almost don't care because it's so complicated that you're like i kind of get it like he was trying to defect but now he's screwing everybody over and there's opium and there's guns involved and that's what the americans want and that's what most was he trying to defect or was that all part of the master plan i think he doesn't yeah i mean but that's only part of the master plan they, they I, I think ultimately, ultimately, okay. I think the end game for Koskov is he defects and he gets a ton of money and he just goes lives on some island someplace. Yeah. Like he just wants out of that whole thing. I think that's his end game. Uh-huh. Whitaker's is to get all that opium in exchange for guns or whatever, and and I think that's kind of it, Look, it's really. Good. I think it's all this money, really, at the end of the day that they're both trying to like get a big play now and then so retire. Here's here's where this one. I love I, I do like this movie quite a bit. But the whole I want my villains you know, people complain about oh it's a guy holding the world hostage with a nuclear weapon. There's some stakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this movie it feels like other than James Bond's life, which is always a risk, there are no stakes. Well the stakes yeah. the stakes are let's not forget the kill all spies thing. I mean that's the stakes in a sense, is that they think that like they're almost kinda of trying to start a war too with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then take their money and go away. So that's the only reason MI6 is involved in that whole thing is that their agents, buffoons, be many of them by f- yeah, sure. flying into trees, are getting killed off yeah. by these guys. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess, and there's it's not like really satisfying because you don't really care about Whitaker, honestly. Like he's just kind of a blowhard. So when he gets yeah. it, you're like, eh, who cares? It's kind of an interesting sequence because it's just different. But it feels like that should have happened almost before the climactic cargo plane scene yeah that feels that like what more than that brad whitaker should have been killed somehow before i don't know if it would work oh right but it, it does saying. feel like it's a like an epilogue drop. killing yeah yeah and this or movie, after the credits this is, no, <laughs> this is no short movie by the way this is a two hour and ten minute wow. movie uh well they you know there's 40 minutes of romance in the middle there that's right so it's an hour and four minutes before they even get to afghanistan right which by the way guys afghanistan Looks like a lovely place to visit in yeah, this movie. It does. It has one of the most beautiful shots in any Bond film. Which that is? Would, that uh, after they get teamed up with Khan and they're riding out to do the drug deal, there's this like, it's either a morning or a dusk shot. Do you know the one I'm talking mm-hmm. about? With the sun kind of coming through the sand. It's beautiful. It's like when Jonathan Reese davies is riding away with Indy and his dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it's pretty much right. that. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indy, Henry, I know the way. So, okay. Bond. Oh, this is the second boob diversion. Bond is. Oh, that's right. Bond. Yeah. It's, very, it's, a, it's a hell of a boob. It's the, I'd say it's the most skin we see on a lady in a Bond movie. It, yeah. It I might be. So. Diamonds are forever. There's a thing in the beginning where he rips her bikini off, and you kind of see a little bit, but this is a little yeah, more sustained. Yeah, like, this is like uh, full on fun. Side on fun. Side on fun. Side on fun. Yeah. It's not full on. Uh, but so Bond. Is ordered by M to kill Pushkin. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it because he thinks that no way he'd be doing this. That's crazy. I know the guy. You know, because everybody in this world of intrigue, apparently, they have socials. They have mixers. Maybe they have mixers in, like, Antarctica or something. Yeah, they have espionage picnics like have, once a year. They all seem to, like, have a knowledge of each other that is, like... They go to this park. They it's do three-legged races. Brief. It's great. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the Soviets are over there, they always try to win the egg on the spoon race. Yep, always. <laughs> the Chinese are uh, there, they're always trying to throw the paper airplane the furthest. 
Ukrainians are great at the wheelbarrow races. That's fun. And the uh, the Canadian guys just they just want to drink. They the people from Chernobyl do the three legged race. Guys, <laughs> yikes! What about the Philidomai babies? Um, so okay, tracks him down. Bond tracks down Jonathan Reese Davies. Says, "Listen, I'm not going to kill you, but here's what's going on." First of all, M says, "If you're not going to do it, I'll get someone else to do it." And he goes, "No, if it's got to be done, I'll do it." That's not exactly a friend. Mm-hmm. Like. No. That's not quite the same thing as, like, he's my colleague, I'll kill him. It's not like it's a dog. Well, I think... I think <laughs> We're college roommates, but I'm cool putting a yeah, bullet in his head if needs be. If he should defer. to kill Matt Gorley, what? I, I'll, I'll do it. Well, see, that, that, that never came up, and just it feels no, like that you're kind of like trying to plant that idea. Okay, that seems... But he's going to have a conversation with you first and make sure... Listen, wait, now you're in this? Yeah, he wanted me to kill you. Katie, do you know anything Katie, about this? It's actually all Katie's idea because she wants to sell the opium. Oh, well, now this makes Cole's sense. Got the diamonds. She's trying to defect the yeah. airwolf. I'm just here pretending to defect. Okay, all right, I'm in. Yeah, go ahead, <laughs> kill me. Shoot me now. So Bond goes to his local special effects guy. But good luck finishing your last six James Bonding podcasts. No. And that was the boob diversion. Like he, oh, his, we, his goon is coming in from the other room because he signals in with his watch. So Bond picks up the lady in the room, tears her robe off. So when the henchman comes through, there's a boy minute moment. <laughs> so Bond can assault him from behind the door. He looks wet. <laughs> he does. He does. There's no sign on this, by the way. Oh, no, we're not hearing there. anything? Nothing. Oh. Well, you can all imagine it. It's beautiful. I'll take you through it. So Pushkin's laying on the bed. Pushkin mm-hmm. has laid on the bed. Okay, so Bond is essentially telling him, listen, here's what's going on, I think. We got to figure out what the hell this guy's doing, because even I can't understand the plot of the movie I'm in. Yeah, and she's got that rhombus-shaped '80s butt that I love so much. <laughs> like, hang on a second. <laughs> what? Don't you love that rhombus-shaped '80s butt? I think yeah. you're just referring to a high-cut panty. Maybe. I didn't know you could buy it. I'm into that rhombus-shaped '80s butt is my favorite term <laughs> that has ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> Eighties oh. <laughs> butt. Do you want to see the eighties butt? It's coming up. Well, get ready, come, come everybody. On here, Katie, cue up your Katie copy of penny. Living Daylights to time so, code stamp. He's got to look around. He's got to quick go. What am I going to do to get a distraction? You take off that. Great. And here's a rhombus-shaped eighties butt. <laughs> yeah. Let me draw it out for you. <laughs> For those of you wondering, uh, Matt is actually drawing out the rhombus. What are you doing now? That's just... Is it a trapezoid? What's a rhombus look like? Oh, is this a rhombus? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I could Fuck. see that. I could see that. I could see that happening. I could see that being a rhombus. Yeah, yeah maybe. Kind of a rhombus because it's more, yeah. You were right. You were right. And wrong. All right. 
Either so way, you a, can so play it You got to go bring those uh, pictures into your schoolboy friends tomorrow and go like, look, I drew a butt. Nice. <laughs> it's a rumba. Check it out, guys. We can all agree on that. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, and then guys. Side boob. Side boob. nipple. Very what? pointy, too. Goes right to the North Star. Did you say clear nipple? Clear nipple. We got I mean, a clear shot of nipple. Oh, I thought you meant like transparent nipple. No, it's not a translucent piece that's, of skin. That's why he's confused. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your heart beating. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Is that his mistress or his wife? That's a great question. That's his because wife, Because right? she's, she's with him at the ceremony. No, yeah, that was his wife. His mistress. Oh, but it, his mistress goodbye. And then went into the hotel. Oh, I was going to say he's a sweet guy. I knew there was some kind of duplicity there. Yeah. That bastard. Um, but he does a great job of pretending to be dead. Yeah. James Bond uh, gets to work on some blood packs. Like, yeah. I feel like he just did that himself. <laughs> like, he went to, yeah. like, Radio Shack and was like, uh, guys, I need something. That's gonna... And he went to the But it's not district. even electric. He's just got a, a bulletproof vest on and a pack of blood. The yeah. bullet doesn't. Oh, he's like, guys, I'm going to need some... Red? Some, yeah, some red and some Ziplocs. Let's do this. Do you think that they just... Oh, you know what they should have done is drained... Like, they should have just taken a pint of his blood and then filled up each one of those with some of his own blood. Oh, why? So when the people, like, take a oh, look at the yeah. scene, they'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's his blood. I get the feeling, though, that the hospital people are in on it because they leave him right alone as soon as they take him into the room. Oh, yeah, they just walk away. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Our work is done. <laughs> Watch. Okay, get him in here quick. Get him out yep, of there. Yep, gotta go. Okay, see you later. It's see not later. even a doctor. Careful, we're almost giving lines. <laughs> that's some That's some over-the-top eye-opening. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> like, hilarious. No one does that. No <laughs> one does it. He does a great take. Is this reading, John Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> bigger, bigger. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, sexy so, saxophone music. Sexy saxophone music. He's in Afghanistan, mind you. Right. And, and these ladies 50s, are just like... What, Cadillac or That's T-Bird? a Lincoln. I wish you guys could hear that music because it's pretty phenomenal. It's like <laughs> completely weird and why, but yeah. Yeah, let me pull this up. Looking for a party? There it is. Seems like a good idea. <laughs> I even heard it from here. Out of nowhere. He's basically wearing an advent calendar of blood. <laughs> it's the first time chest. I've ever been grateful that James Bond is a good shot. Which one that is? First time I've ever had James Bond is a good Pull over here. Huh? <laughs> when is the part where he escapes through Morocco? Did you guys watch the deleted scene about how they had a, a magic carpet escape? No. Oh, yeah. God. And I That's think true, Dalton right? protested at some point. So he takes a carpet from one of the roofs to get away and he throws it on some electrical wires. And there's a scene of him like zipping down and it's kind of moving very slowly. And you could see where they probably would have put some like music in and they wisely cut it. I do like when he's doing his little rooftop escape after the assassination and he jumps into the laundry and there's a woman doing laundry there who just starts wailing on him, (laughs) trying to get past. (laughs) He looked more threatened by her than anybody else in the entire film. (laughs) So they're now in a Russian base uh, in Afghanistan. Where we all saw it going. If you're you're somehow following along this plot and not not, not not seeing this movie. By the way, thank thank you both who are still listening. (laughs) You know, Cole, we have at least four people still listening. All right. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks, guys. Three of them are in this room. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So this disjointedness of this all. 
She's worried that her boyfriend, who's the defector, uh, is not coming back for her. So she finds out that Brad Whitaker is involved, and she somehow has Whitaker's phone number, because Whitaker bought her the Stradivarius violin, which I still don't understand that side plot. Yeah. Uh, So Whitaker buys her the Stradivarius violin that at the time cost $150,000. It's probably worth a couple million right now. I'm just saying, if you're investing, instruments are a good way to go. Um, You can keep telling yourself (laughs) that. So she calls, talks to him. The guy then convinces her to drug James Bond in the martini. He he Mart- downs it, by the he way. Down- he like just ten, two seconds. Yeah. That martini. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this where he's going to kill himself, too? Oh, no, that's in License to Kill. Right. Right, where he gets what? drugged and he takes out his gun to shoot himself, which is pretty badass. I don't remember that. Yeah, this one he's I... just like, I'm the one who was the one who tried to Are you shoot sure you you're not thinking out. about yeah. Are you sure you're not like thinking of this scene where he's trying to struggle to shoot the other guy? No, there's a scene where he gets drugged. Isn't it License to Kill? And no. as he's passing out, he pulls out his gun and tries to put it to his head no, and he falls. No, you're you're thinking of this. He's going to do it right here. I think you're thinking of this. I'm going to turn the volume up just so everyone can hear what's going on. It's still not on. Mm-hmm. It might be the yeah, idea. How do you know? There you because go. I was the... I was the man sent to kill you. Why didn't you? Yeah, that's it. He's gonna no. kill himself. He's gonna kill that guy. No, he's gonna kill himself. No. He's, he's no. for queen and country. No. Cole, where do you no. rule on this? I feel like he sees him coming in and he's trying to get his gun out to shoot him. Because he tries, he kind of pushes it forward. Well, thanks you're for just, coming in today, Cole. Coming, but you're just coming from a real dark place. I like man. that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be badass if he's gonna like? He's what so if that's ready. How, that's how James Bond ends his movie series. <laughs> but that's what Someone I like. Drugs him and he shoots himself. <laughs> About the Dalton. Black screen yeah. comes up and it says James Bond will not return, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> anyway, I gotta pee. All right, well, have a good pee. We're gonna stop down. Well, Matt Gorley pees. Keep going. All right, Cole, listen. The <laughs> the intricacies of this plot, it's now trying to explain it to an audience where I go, oh, this movie is way overly complicated. It is. It's way too complicated. There's, there's, I think there's at least, there's four, I think there's four bad guys in this movie. Okay. You got your, I'm going to count the henchmen. You're going to count both, you're going to count General, you're going to count John Reese davies and then I think you have to, I, I'm going to count the White Tiger Storm or whatever, the drug group that okay. is selling the opium to the Russians. So they're selling to the Russians to buy arms to fight the Russians? Something like that. <laughs> it's really confusing. All I know is the opium is going to get them weapons for their, and they're buying it from Whitaker or whatever. So like, Yeah, so they want to buy these. But are they buying Like, Is Whitaker ever actually going to purchase the weapons to sell to them? It's weird because there's that whole thing where they where Pushkin calls calls him yeah. out on it, saying you haven't moved a penny from that account. Yeah. We've been monitoring it. Give us our money, our fifty yeah. million back, or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, it's too late. I've made promises, man." Yeah, but like, and that's the other thing too. That's that's very unclear. Is Jodan Baker's character like to me? It feels like he just they want the diamonds to give them for the opium, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they can't just give them cash. cash. It's confusing. There's a lot of different currencies. And then where, at what point... The diamonds are going to be exchanged for Beanie Babies. The Beanie Babies are going to become uh, a 1934 Honest Wagner rookie card. That's going to get turned. 
What did I miss? We're just trying to break down the economics of 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 Joe Don Baker's life. <laughs> so essentially, wondering ninety percent of his income goes straight to army <laughs> costumes. But we're just wondering, like, so the plan, his plot. Okay, so he gets fifty million dollars uh-huh. from the Russians through the Afghani's. No, he gets fifty million dollars from the Russians initially. <laughs> Here's Matt. I need you awake. And it's in an account, and he never touches it. it. So his plan is to order weapons, whatever. He never touches that. Then he somehow gets his hand on diamonds, right? Yeah. And and a heart. And a heart. (laughs) Sure. Diamonds and a heart. And then I I would hate to think that heart's going unused, guys. Well, they often come together. His plan is to then exchange the diamonds for opium (sighs) to then sell to get money. That he already has sitting in his bank. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just glad we're all clear on this. <laughs> uh, so Bond gets drugged. Him and uh, Miriam Diabo get, get taken to the Russian base in Afghanistan. I like this prison escape scene. That's oh! fun. <laughs> There's a lot of fun in Afghanistan here. So they they get off the base by putting on coats. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what they do. They put on coats. That's how they get off base. They end up jumping into... Uh, they see this ambulance. They want to know what's going on here. They saw the heart already. And the diamonds on the plane, on the cargo plane they've been brought here in. So they already know what's going on there. They then go to these Afghan freedom fighters, these Afghani freedom fighters. They free the one prisoner that's at the base who's going to be executed the next day. So he's uh, in a debt of gratitude to them. So A Wookiee life debt. A Wookiee life debt, if you will. <laughs> so what happens now is... He, we find out this guy goes to Oxford. He's just hanging out trying to make everybody free or whatever it is he's trying to do. Meanwhile, James Bond's working at Best Buy. <laughs> Got the khakis. Uh-huh. Got a nice blue top. Open coat. Open cup, two buttons open. I feel like that's too many. I want to go one up. Just get one He did up. stop at an Old Navy on the way to the base. <laughs> that's where they got that. Now, who are you? Let's hear a little bit. I do like our Malik. I work for the British government. <laughs> <laughs> the nerve. We've a plot by a Russian general, Koskov, to purchase American high-tech weapons. Arms that could what be used against Rambo demand. What year come out? Because it was basically the same story. That is important. Without any of You must go directly to our commander in the <laughs> You just days. mean guys with AK-47 get back to the the in Afghanistan <laughs> teaming Look, up with the Mujahideen. And after we've completed uh, our mission, I'll see yeah, what I can yeah, do. Yeah. Those are big. Those are just a big. You know what was going on at the time. Yeah. Okay. So, is this a little bit of exposition? Do they know? No, it's not going to get. No, here's where James Bond gets Bondy. That just sounds like a euphemism. Give, give us some specifics. He pokes into the camel's sack. <laughs> he sticks Which is head. full of opium. That's right. Yeah. Or peanut butter. Okay, camel's just making sure my knife works. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. 
Raw opium. Worth half a billion dollars on the streets of New York. I know, he takes a, a tongue full of opium made after the dust. <laughs> That's a half a billion dollars of opium. He takes $300 of opium in that little finger full of opium. There's probably a cut scene with him laying back in a tub, some coins on his eyes. So loud. That's the chief of the snow leopard brotherhood. Who? He's the biggest opium dealer in the Golden Crescent. So he worked for... So he's trying to get the opium off the streets. That's his plan, right? Yeah. His plan is to get the opium off the streets? Who's what is James plan? Bond doing? Bond? I think he's he still wants to destroy the opium. Foil. I think he's just trying to foil the Koskov Whitaker plan, right? I don't know. But it doesn't matter. We can't spend much, too much time on this. We'll yeah, this is the point crazy. in the movie where everything doesn't quite make sense, but then shootouts happen and you're yeah. okay. You know this is who... the point in the movie where the climax begins. So the climax to this movie, literally. Okay. Let's just see. The climax is when would you when would you say the action starts? Right about well, there's an actual gunfire. So, so it's actually here, right when Bond yeah. gets stuck on the gets stuck on the jeep. jeep. So the climax of this movie starts one hour and forty one minutes into the movie. The movie has a thirty minute climax. <laughs> that is too long. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you consider the Whitaker stuff a climax, I feel like that's I very like epilogue-ish. That's yeah, I guess that's So it's all. like this sequence is like 20, like 15, 20 minutes. There's a big fight on the airfield and then a great fight on the cargo plane between Necros and Bob. Oh, let's see. I do like the scene, so... Wait, you're already to the end? Well, I mean, what yeah. is there to see? Well, let's talk about that fight now. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that fight. Yeah. That is amazing a good fight. There's a couple things about that. So they shot it, obviously, with two guys that had parachutes under their pouches or their, their jackets. And there were times when the bag of heroin was flopping so much that they would just have to leave and cut the take. And so the last shot after Necros flies out is uh, B.J. Worth. And he, they show it in the movie when Bond gets like basically swung back in. That he was in danger of like getting knocked out and then just falling and dying, so he had to let go once or twice before he even could pull that off. And then also look at certain times in that scene below them is a model of the ground, and when you know to look for it, it's really obvious. They're just whenever you can see Timothy Dalton and the other oh, guys. Oh yeah, face, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally, I love that. Very clearly a model, uh, but that is like that's some of that. the guy they're fighting in the back totally normal she opens the cargo bay door and then tilts the plane up so all this happens all this stuff starts no out. do you know what i think she 
I think they were saying is she had hit the she wanted the plane to go, go down. down, so she hits the down so she thing. She hits the down because it oh. says down, right? And then it just and then the thing stop. opens up, <laughs> and then she pit, she decides to pull the plane up, and all that happens. He he, Necros could theoretically still grab onto the net there. Good, it's a good screen. Flying back into yeah, the back of the right. cargo hold. Yeah. Wow. So they start to. He says there's nowhere to put it down. But there's but plenty. Then, of, there's plenty, of, plenty space of place to, to put, put it down. It's a road. There is a road to put it down and just a very uh, convenient sign of. Uh, do you want to go to. Karachi, do you yeah. want to go to Karachi? There's even like a three foot Batman? tall retaining wall that would kind of slow the plane down if it were to get that kind of safe way. But when they bomb this bridge right there, that shot, that's a foreground miniature. Pause it. So there's just a really shitty looking bridge behind that. And they did all of that wood framing, and that's shot in the foreground of the camera. And it hides what the real bridge looks like. Oh, wow. It's such amazing. The miniature work on the Bond Oh, movies. do you know what's funny about this, by the way? Is I was watching this and I was going like, well, that's clearly a miniature bridge. But... You thought they did like an optical cut there yeah, or something? Like, no. How is the it's a real bridge table? that they... this All of this is in the foreground disguising the other bridge. And then when the bridge blows up and they show it at a different angle, that's a small miniature. But they do amazing foreground miniatures in this in the whole series. I love this. They don't leave their man behind. Yep. He's getting shot at by, by compressed air and sparks. And by the way, we neglected to say in that scene with um, the henchman dying is that that's one of the few times that Timothy Dalton does like a little Bond pun, which is when he goes, Olivia, Miriam Diab goes, what happened to him? And he says, he got the boot. Oh, he got the right. Boot, which yeah. is the trunk. Now, that's actually very funny to me because he, he has enough time to see... That they're crashing and still delivering. Get the boot. Oh, we're about to crash into a cliff. (laughs) Uh, So, 
Yeah, this is the I, I let's hear a little bit of the Joe Don Baker Timothy Dalton epilogue. Oh, but then he also like acts like nothing's wrong. It's like you know, Meade should have had thirty five thousand more deaths in his battle. Over now. <laughs> well, and then meanwhile the CIA is just hanging out. Yeah, John Terry's coffee. drinking some coffee on headset. I think that's the. One. <laughs> It's like, I think that was Alexander. Like, was where like, are It looked like it has yeah. to be like in story. Oh, right. <laughs> Steve Martin's kind of <laughs> He's just, He's like just a little boy fun. in a candy shop. But the actor himself is not connected to if anything that's going on board. He's just pressing buttons and someone else's. I'm replaying the battle as I would have fought it. Maid was tenacious, but he was cautious. He missed his chances to crush Lee at Gettysburg. I've come for Costco. Oh, hell, you can have him. As soon as I get my opium. Now, where is it? Up in smoke. You burned up a half a billion bucks? Mm-hmm. Joe Don Baker looks like some kind of weird little angel. <laughs> like a cherub. He does. He looks like a Campbell's soup. Like one of the Campbell's soup kids. I think he looks sort of like a Charmin baby on the front of... Yeah. <laughs> The Russians don't get you. The Americans. He's a Campbell soup kid that grew up and never got attention again. You know, me should have taken another thirty-five thousand casualties. And down by the quarry. Could have entered the rebellion right then and there. Hell, oh, Grant would have done it. Hit technology and a that old sh- fast-moving shelf. I also recognize him in the stock that he sell for a pellet gun, so it just looks a little less threatening. I do like the fact that it's obvious that his gun has no, no. armor on it, because but James still shoots it like eight times. <laughs> and he's just going, ding, 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 ding. Like, like, why not shoot him in the leg or the body yeah. or something? He empties his clip yeah. into a yeah. clearly bulletproof surface. It's not like he shoots it once. Right. Oops, that was my last shot. Yeah. Now I know. He shoots it like yeah. eight times. Yeah. And then Whitaker goes, you've had your eight, now I have my 80. And then shoots a billion bullets at him, which he dives out of the way of very Mary Lou Retton-like. <laughs> Counting of bullets being fired in James Bond movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right, Dr. No. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. At one bomb. Here's Jonathan Reese davies though. In a diplomatic bag. He met his Waterloo. And General Pushkin. <sighs> so is, still alive. is Koskoff staying? Oh. That's where they found him? Whitaker. I can't. He must have gotten him at the airbase. So they brought him him back over. It just feels really. But there's a look that he gives right here to to James. Like, where he's like, thank you for rescuing me. Uh, And then he looks at James like, hey, buddy, you're not going to blow my cover, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you you don't like that I'm getting away with this. Don't say anything. Right there. (laughs) <laughs> Put him on the next plane to Moscow. Oh, thank you, General. Thank you so much. Thank you. In the diplomatic bag. Say what? That's our finest bag. <laughs> the diplomatic bag. Okay. Meaning so. a body bag, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. It's not entirely clear. <laughs> I mean, I've always taken that's what it means, but... So it either means a body bag or they're going to put like a hood. I can kill him. Do you notice who the conductor is here in this end scene? Is it John Barry? That's John Barry. Nice. Yeah. They let him do it. Uh Ah, I said they could have conducted better. Are you all 
By the way, in Austria, is it commonplace for them to have those powdered wigs at Still? opera houses? Because I love it. I, I don't know. I'm into now it. Now I want it. I bought some later. Can you tell me You know what's funny is no part of me thought you were joking. Well, then you know me well. <laughs> they look so good. <laughs> so, M's here for some reason. Uh, well, you know, it's Cass Bow. Yeah. He's in like, what, four of them? As the same Russian? Oh, at least. Yeah. I hope you can find uh, time to bring him back to... Very soon. It's quite all right. General Gogol is now with their forms. No, he's in. He's arranged well, an immigration. He plays this character. So you in can Spy come and go as you like. On, but he's also in from Russia with Love. I'm sorry we missed the concert. We had some trouble at the airport. <laughs> that joke still works, by yep. the way. What is it? I wish I could hear it because I don't have headphones. <laughs> I bet it was, it was great. So, so Sorry, missed the concert. Yeah. We had some trouble at the airport. Hey, that's they funny. walk in with their full gun bandolero <laughs> belts across their chests. I bet you guys are probably spending Christmas and the holidays together, too. I didn't get an invite. You go into a cabin. Uh, so James Bond, are we to understand that by this point, James Bond has not slept with her? No, I don't oh, think so. God, I don't think yeah, they've had the this chance. This is the performance he doesn't want to miss. Right. Oh, the performance of... And when use the gadget for the fourth time. You didn't Bye-bye. think I'd miss this performance, did you? Here's a different Pretender song. Was this, I just realized if that... If there was a man. Yeah. There's the two Pretender songs. This one's here, and then the other one is the only thing that Necros ever listens to. It's always on his walkman. Virginia, hey. There you have it, guys. There that, it was, is. that was the living daylight. Yep. That ends our Timothy Dalton era. Well, it's a very short era. As soon as it began. And next. Next is The Spy Who Loved Me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like Heaven Above Me? That's the one. The Spy. The Spy Who <laughs> Loved Me. Hey, uh, we, should, we should say thank you to Sean Sakime. Yes, Sean. Uh, Sean came to. Sean's a big. Uh, Podcast listener, he probably listens. He listens to more podcasts than I do. And he's yeah. been on Doug Loves Movies a few times. Too. Yeah, yeah like he listens to more podcasts than Sean, there are. I don't know what you do for a living. I think you're a lawyer or something like that. Whatever you do, you're he, independently wealthy. Yeah, he donates generously. <laughs> yeah, to many podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we have it on the books. Uh, he's been on Super Ego too. He he purchased the thing you could donate and be in a sketch, and oh. he came over and recorded with us. How do you do? He was great. He's good. a lovely, lovely man. Good yeah, Sean, yeah. check out Pop My Culture, also yeah. on the Nerdist Network. Yeah, um, Sean, take a look. At, come on listen, over. Take yeah. a listen over at Pop My Culture. Uh, yeah, Sean uh, came to the live James Bonding and gave us, uh, Matt and I, both matching Walter PP, Walter uh, PPKs. Yeah. Uh, that fire pellets. BBs, BBs. BBs, essentially. Oh, wow. I imagine Sean's at home, like, his home is a lot like Brad Whitaker's. <laughs> Yeah, but instead of like what he does is he like puts like he has models of like Mark Marin and like Hanson. <laughs> he plays and he's like fantasy oh, podcast. Let's have uh, right. Hardwick oh. come over and and do a how did this get made with Sheer? Uh, I just made Gallagher walk out on uh, Mark uh. Marin. This is great. Oh my god. What if Todd Glass came out <laughs> on how stuff comes out? <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but Sean, thank you. We meant to thank you on that thank episode you. Yeah. while you were in front of our faces, but we 
were under a time constraint and then forgot somehow. That gun has found a place of pride stacked up right against my Ian Fleming books. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, but so let's, 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 let's deal with Timothy Dalton. Okay. It's the last time we see him for us. I mean, we saw him obviously last movie he did was the one after this, but we go backwards. Here's here's what I think, and I, I realized this when I was watching this movie today. He he in no way plays a caricature of Bond, which you know you could definitely accuse a few of them of doing. Yeah, Brosnan and Moore especially. The thing I like is that he plays it pretty straight, and then there are times where he will like bark at Kara, like "Get in" or or "Be quiet," and it's like obviously not an admirable quality, and it doesn't make the character look good. But you feel like he's making that acting choice because he's saying, "I'm playing a person who's kind of mean and flawed and a ruthless killer, and he's not afraid to make Bond look a little ugly sometimes." And I like that. But I also think it's good because that's that's the tonal change in a James Bond that a lot of these guys can't do. Yeah, that's right. I think that's ultimately what spelled Dalton's doom is because this and License to Kill were very darker and more serious in a sense, and I don't think people quite knew what to... Coming off of Roger Moore, didn't know what to expect, didn't like that in a Bond. They wanted to be a bit lighter and a little you know, more charming in a sense and less by the book, and then we got the Brosnan and all that other stuff, and then it totally changed again with Daniel Craig, and now Mm -hmm. it's more of a, you know... License to Kill is so dark. Oh, it really and yet it's dark. the like brightest color one. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, such a contradiction. Because yeah. you know a lot of it takes place in the fictional South American country of Miami Vice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Timothy Dalton, I, I wish uh, I wish we'd got to see a couple. Did more you, I read an article once? We may have talked about it on the show, but that was probably six years ago. So forgive me. Mm. Um, they had an outline for his third movie, and it was like. Um, a lot of it took place in China, I want to say, or something. No, no. It's worth looking up, but it was really interesting to read and to imagine what would have been. And what happened? Oh, they just ended up getting too tied up in the legal battle. And with I think Kevin he McClory, right? bowed out, right? I think he kind of yeah, because like, the, well, I can't wait around, and he probably wasn't getting a good reception by that point. Yeah, but. we weren't going to enjoy Peking nights. That wasn't going to be a good thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, have but, you guys seen Penny Dreadful? No, no, I have yet. not either, but I hear good things. He's great in Doctor Who when he plays the um, he plays the leader, essentially of the Time Lords. He's great in everything, and he's yeah, the Dalton, best he's ever been. In Dalton that, is so good in Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, he's the best he's ever been in that Everything or Nothing documentary where he just says, "We were doing it, and that's what you did," and he's just getting all fired up. Have you seen that? It's uh-uh. amazing. His segment alone is the best part. He's great, and he's got long hair. He's yeah. just kind of gone a little mad. Nice. Yeah. A little wild hair. In a good way. But my right. girlfriend saw that, and she's kind of like, I'm into him. Uh, and I this think... movie did well. It was a big hit. It was a success. Was it really? Yeah, it made it like a yeah, hundred so. something million. It, was, it did well. License to Kill is really the only one that kind of didn't yeah. do well. And Man with the Golden Gun. Well, because License to Kill, I feel like they came at it too late. The second film of most of the Bond actors... Aren't so good. Tomorrow Never Dies. I disagree with you. Uh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Quantum of Solace. From Russia with Love is about the only second one. Great, and I think Tomorrow Never Dies is excellent. And we love the man with the golden gun. (laughs) We love the man with the golden gun. I like it, but it's not good. So. (laughs) 
Uh, Cole, do you have anything you would like to plug while we're you're, you're here on James Bonding? I'd like to plug in some more headphones for you guys. That would be great. Uh, uh, what? I wish great. I could understand you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Pop My Culture Podcast. Um, it's on Nerdist. Uh, SF Sketchfest coming up in January, February. A lot of podcasts you know and love from this particular network will probably be there. That uh, yeah. I love that that now goes coming up January and February. <laughs> like it just gets longer it's, and oh, longer. It's been kind of consistent the last couple of years, but it's January 22nd through February 8th. So it's 18 days. Wow. wow. You guys Straight. We just, take Super Bowl Sunday off and that's it. You just move up there. For a month, right? Yeah, I live yeah. at a hotel for three and a half weeks. Yeah. You really do, right? I really yeah. do. It's, yeah. it's a hell of a feat you guys put on, and it's Thanks. really fun. It's the most fun festival. It really is. That's yeah. what we try to do. Fun. That's great. Thank you guys for doing it here. Of here. course. We appreciate being asked, and uh, hopefully, maybe, you know, someday James Bond will go up there. I don't know. Whatever. Well, let's like, figure that out. We'll We'd love to have you guys. Even if it's 10 years from now, we'll still be going. Oh, <laughs> we. the beauty of this podcast is we have to take it on a dry dock every couple of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to imagine that our podcast sits in a dry dock. People are getting real snarky on Twitter. You know what? People, thank you for listening. That's all I'm going to say, honestly. Thank you for listening, and we try to get them out as often as we can. We got really busy. Matt got a bunch of Volkswagen situations. He always puts this on me. At at midnight all the time. Uh I... You didn't let me finish my sentence. Sorry, I love you. Know you know you guys could do, when you've gone through all the Bond movies, is then go back and do the podcast on your podcast on that Bond movie. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? Oh. So James like, Bonding Bonding? Yeah. What was your favorite thing you said, Matt Gourley, on that episode? <laughs> <laughs> the one where I was that guy. Look, if we take three years, we might be able to figure out what happened in Living Daylight's plot. We've got a couple more years <laughs> oh, to really God. digest it. Oh. Then we can go back and figure it out. <laughs> Uh, guys, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for listening and putting up with us. Uh, James Bonding Pod on Twitter. You can follow us. You can follow Matt Gorley at Matt Gorley, G O U R L E Y. You can follow me, Matt Myra, at Matt Myra, M I R A. Uh, Cole's also on Twitter. I believe it's Cole Stratton. At Cole Stratton. Oh, Cole Stratton. I got it, guys. I got, got it. Yeah, names. nailed it. Uh, Katie, of course, you can follow. She's KT underscore money, if I can remember correctly. Follow her on Twitter. She keeps the, uh, podcast anchored and kicks me out of the studio when other podcasts need to use it uh <laughs> so thanks so much everybody to grind and uh <laughs> james bonding will return with, with the, the spy, spy who loved me. me now leaving nerdist.com Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.